the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Thanks for listening to the Town Hall Review with Hugh Hewitt podcast, bringing to you the best voices on the stories and issues that matter. Helping make it all possible is the generous partnership with the Pepperdine Graduate School of Public Policy. Here's another piece I'll trust you enjoy. So pleased and privileged to have uh, Michael join us. I I always say one of the last remaining objective journalists in America. Uh, Michael, we appreciate that more than we could tell you. And welcome back to the show, my friend. My pleasure, Joe. Thank you. Well, you know, your latest piece uh, for the uh, Post uh, is is about China's apologists on the home front. I mean, I want to ask you about that, you know, like uh, and we found out about the Wuhan Institute of Virology. And as we throw this all together, Michael, if I may, and as I just mentioned on the air, that that the Pentagon is okaying. They have just sanctioned using drones made where? In China. What in the world is <laughs> Michael, what, please help me out. What's happening, my friend? Well, I think the, uh, the disentanglement from China and Chinese products uh, is taking a long time. And I think that uh, what Donald Trump started was an awareness of how deep uh, this entanglement is, that we are dependent on China in so many ways. I mean, I remember the first time it struck me was probably uh, 10 years ago. And I was in a store shopping for uh, a a couple of small Christmas items. And I I began to notice that every one was made in China. And I I looked and looked, and and this store could not find a single item, you know, decorations, that sort of thing, that was not made in China. And when when you think of that sort of being woven throughout American life, it's one thing, say, a decade ago, two decades ago, um, because it really was about American jobs primarily and and cheap. It was cheap labor. That's what it was. We were getting the same products that used to be made in America were now being made in China more cheaply. And so businesses had offshored, outsourced all of their products to China, or many of them, from socks to T-shirts to Christmas ornaments, you name it, right? Uh, Household uh, furnishings, kitchenware, that sort of stuff. And then I think what, what has happened since, Joe, and I think this is where Trump really deserves the credit, is recognizing that China is no longer just a factory for us. It is now a threat to us. And China itself is expressing that. It is, it is talking about replacing America as the number one power in the world, militarily and economically. And, and ultimately replacing our currency, the dollar, with theirs as the international currency. That's right. So this is something that I think uh, – I mean, Barack Obama, to his credit, uh, talked about the necessity of a pivot to China in his second term. But he never did it. 
Uh, it was left to Trump to start the confrontation over trade, over labor, over uh, aggression in Hong Kong, in Taiwan, all of these things. I mean, China has set up loan programs around the world, including in Central America, where it will uh, lend you money for your infrastructure, but then like a like a conniving lender, it ends up owning the infrastructure. So China has created indebtedness around the world to many countries uh, who are in debt to China, and China will collect. Uh, I remember, again, uh, a number of years back going to Africa and hearing stories about how uh, Chinese companies had bribed uh, African tribes uh, to get all the copper on their land and even sent in Chinese workers uh, to mine the copper. So there was no benefit to the local labor force. I mean, this is a predatory nation, you know, under the communist leadership. Yeah. And we've got to confront it. And so which which is a long way of getting to the to the virus, the yeah. uh, pandemic. But the fact that China will not open the books and open its researchers so that we can know the origin of it is very suspicious. Now, the, the, the scientific community came to accept the idea that the virus escaped from bats to a food animal, maybe one of those animals, an odd animal sold in one of those Chinese wet markets, a pangolin or, or even a bat or, or, yeah. or something yeah. that yeah. was yeah. consumed. Uh, but they can't find that animal. They can't find that species where the virus went from the bat to what, a goose, a chicken, <laughs> a dog. I mean, anything that the Chinese would eat. So it, it now begins to look more and more like it was an accident from a lab, the virology lab that you mentioned that is in, the, in Wuhan that was doing experiment on this very thing. And it is now, I think, growingly accepted because they cannot find this intermediate animal that carried it from the bats to the humans. There is now growing scientific consensus to at least look again at this experimental accident theory to yeah. see if that's what it was. But China is is adamant. No, you will not get any information from us. You did it. You Americans, you caused it somehow. Uh, so they developed all these counter weird theories of like our, our military uh, 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 at a military plant in Maryland. I mean, on and on, anything to deflect attention from what looks like the truth. Uh, and so even the media was covering up for China on this, saying, no, that's a conspiracy theory that it was an accident. That's disinformation. That's Donald Trump. He calls it the China virus. Now, the scientific community says, well, maybe on second thought. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah, so that's yeah. where we are. Oh, you know what? And I talked about it. People go, oh, Joe, you're being conspiratorial. And then we would have Gordon Chang come on the show, and he told us about right. uh, the virus. And Peter Navarro warned us early on as well. Yes. But, but, and, and, but, but when you think about it, and this is the question I have, because all of a sudden it develops out of the Wuhan Institute of Virology, and a bat, a bat they traveled 800 miles for a bat sandwich or whatever they were doing. <laughs> a 
<laughs> I mean, really, it was like, what do they, what do they have? Like, instead of Chick Fil A, they have Bat Filet in China. I mean, I can't figure this out. It seemed like such an outrageous story. The question is, and now I'm going to sound like a right wing conspiratorial wacko. Was it a bioweapon, Michael? Are you are you seeing as a journalist and the great journalist that you are, Michael, any evidence that it was indeed intended to to hurt uh, as it did this virus? Well, uh, that's a really good question. And I think we have to keep an open mind about it, because once you once the focus shifts from uh, the the bat theory to the to the lab theory and and an accident, well, then as part of the lab theory, lab accident theory, you would also have to consider the possibility that it was uh, being developed for some purpose, that it wasn't just an accident per se about a pure scientific research, but that some manipulation of the genomic sequence was going on, yes. and perhaps it was to weaponize it. Uh, again, I, I, I wouldn't say that's true. I don't know that's true. But I think the what we should learn from the past year is that to keep an open mind, and that's what science has always done best. You know, the whole scientific inquiry is about trial and error. But during the era of Donald Trump, scientific inquiry became that Trump is wrong, and therefore whatever he doesn't say is what's right. And science got cut out of the prospect. Yes. Uh, And so now I think if we're going to let science back into the whole conversation, we have to do it the right way. We have to keep an open mind and Uh. and not close it for political or partisan purposes. You're right. Hey, now, what are you hearing about this H1? Uh, this uh, what is this H1N3 bird flu? This is next in the wings, so to speak. I mean, uh, y- are you getting any information on that? That this could be another pandemic? God forbid, Michael. I don't know. It's uh, it's probably too early to say. Yeah. Uh, but there, look, there are these viruses. I mean, the flu is being the flu being one. Uh, SARS was another. Ebola was another. Uh, there are these constant uh, dangers of natural viruses leaping to to become lethal to human beings, yeah. uh, and so uh, a lot of them are uh, uh, coming from Asia. Uh, I, I never quite understood why that is the case, uh, but it's, it's, there seems to be a pattern. Now, I think the danger today, Joe, is that because the world is so interconnected, uh, because the cities are so dense everywhere, because there's so much international travel, so much international trade, that nothing stays in one place anymore. And uh, that's why I think uh, – I mean, I, I – I am a kind of uh, give me the bottom line kind of person uh, in my own approach to things. But science doesn't work that way. Science takes time. As I say, lots of trial and error. There's lots of research being done that on on its face looks to me pointless. But I'm sure from a scientific point of view, it is an intermediate step that might or might not lead to something important. So there's a lot of trial and error, a lot of money wasted, a lot of time wasted in science. But that's the best way of moving forward, even if it's just inch by inch and sometimes it looks like you're going sideways. I mean, I I have enough 
sense of my own ignorance to, 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 to let the scientists work some of these things out on their own, because I, I think we are blessed in this country to have amazing scientific inquiry, to have a culture of inquiry and open-mindedness. And that's what changed, and that's what got us into trouble. It did. Before we let you go, Michael Goodwin with us. Uh, you know, you've written about the assault on free speech at the hands of big tech companies such as Facebook. And, and look what happened with the virus. They shut you down. They would block you if That's you right. said something about it. I mean, you're, you are right. right on point. The censorship is un, it's unconscionable in this country these days, Michael Goodwin. Well, it is. It, and it, is, it in itself is unscientific. Right. It is ignorant. When Facebook says, no, no, you can't say that here, or Twitter says, you can't say here that it was a lab accident because the scientific consensus is that it was uh, a bat to human. But no, no, the scientific consensus constantly changes. That's the point of science. But for for the techies and the politics and the media looking to blame Trump, that's what corrupted all the thinking, that if Trump said it, it had to be wrong. Otherwise, Trump gets credit. And then what are we going to do? Because we've said he's no good. We've said he's evil. We said he's always wrong. We can't say he's right now. But yeah, for the yeah, same reason, yeah. they, they can't give him any credit about the vaccine. Yeah, because yeah, then, yeah. then what? Exactly. Then he's right? Oh, no, exactly. Trump can't be right. right? <laughs> we have to, so we can't even say it. I mean, right. that's how crazy the left has become oh, yeah. over this idea that <clears throat> there is one acceptable view of everything. Yeah. Uh, we're seeing it now on race. There's one view of race. There's oh. one view of religion. There's one. I mean, this is, I mean, it's odd, Joe. The world is exploding. Tech Technology is exploding and giving us all kinds of different avenues of thought and, and, and communication, but yet the media seems to be trying to shrink it, trying to shrink it down to one avenue, one thought, one pipeline for truth. That, that's crazy. That, you know, it's just so frustrating to see the, the New York Times and the other media organizations try to clamp down on difference of opinion. I mean, yeah. you should you should encourage more of it, not less of it. Well, that's why we look to you, Michael. Well said. Uh, what a great chat this morning, Michael. Michael Goodman, thank you. God bless you, man, and uh, keep up the great work. Thanks for listening to the Town Hall Review. Our program is coming today in partnership with the Pepperdine Graduate School of Public Policy. It's America's most unique graduate leadership programs offered on Pepperdine's breathtaking campus in Malibu, California. Learn more at publicpolicy.pepperdine.edu. If you're enjoying the podcast, please tell a friend to go to Town Hall Review and sign up as well today.